Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. The third message that we have in our series, we're fighting to eliminate fear. We are fighting to eliminate fear. And one thing that's really important is that we don't want to go by what the world says or what uh, psychologists say or things like that. Uh, because, like I told you, people say that uh, we need fear uh, so that we can uh, be protected uh, from things that, uh, like fight or flight type of thing, uh, where the adrenaline gets to flowing. Uh, fear helps us to survive. Well, we've already discussed that that uh, through the Word of God, that's not what God says. He says, "Fear not." So today we want to. Explore, why does God say fear not? Why does he say fear not? Because it's important to know that. Uh, we already know he says it, but why? We talked about a scripture uh, that um, I was in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25, that said that the fear of man brings a snare. But he who, whoever puts their trust in God will be safe. So I want to put my trust in God. I don't want to fear people because that's what uh, people do. And I, did. I, I was reading my devotional time. I'm reading through the Gospels and I'm in, in John now. And I know that uh, the some of the 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 synagogue and and the, and then the people, the priests, and some of them that were in the synagogue, uh, uh, higher ups, they believed in Jesus, but they were afraid to acknowledge it for fear of being put out of the synagogue. They were, and, and God said they were fearing man more than they feared God. So they were fearing, trembling in the knees more than they were reverencing God. So we want to, because there are two different types of fear. So we, we don't want to do that, do we? We don't want to do that. And so we know that uh, another scripture told us uh, that was very important to me. Uh, it was telling us in Romans chapter uh, 8, verse 15, it was telling us that uh, that we have not received a, a spirit again of bondage to fear, but we have received uh, a spirit or the spirit of adoption which, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And so all these scriptures are very important. Last week, we said that we don't want to receive anything that the, the enemy wants us to receive that's against the word of God. We want, to, we, we want to walk in everything that, that Jesus Christ has paid for. But we said one of the two of the things that we talked about last week that people tend to uh, allow the enemy to, to put on them sometimes is the, the fear of failure and the fear of the unknown. So I was talking to a young lady. Uh, come on up, uh, will you, Alicia? I was talking to a young lady, and she was uh, telling me about uh, something was going on in, 
in her business and uh, how she uh, had to make some changes and she was going to venture out into the unknown. So um, you can tell, if you want to sit down, you can sit down. It's okay. okay. Um, let me move this back just a little bit. So tell us a little bit about, um, not everything, but just a little bit about, uh, I think you decided that you were going to close down your business part. Yes. And uh, that means that you were going to venture into the unknown. You didn't know what you were going to do. Okay, start there. Okay. Um, I uh, owned a business for nine years, a uh, hair salon. And uh, last year I had some... I had surgery and had some trouble uh, with my knee, and that wound up um, making things a little difficult. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't know what I I could do because my business started failing, and times got rough as far as financially. Mm -hmm. And so I had just been praying on um, asking the Lord to give me a sign, let me know uh, what what to do to make things uh, uh, as um, I'm, I'm nervous. <laughs> Just okay. give me give me a sign and let me know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, because it got to a point where I always loved doing hair, mm-hmm. but I had a hard time with the business end of it. Um, and I got a call um, from a salon uh, here in town. They uh, were looking for a professional um, stylist who had... Um, already had experience in clients. And um, when I got the call, first thing I thought was, wow, you know, because I had been praying, you know, send me a sign. But then I was like, well, Lord, if I, if I do this, I would have to close down my shop. And I was afraid of the fact that I have to admit that I failed. Mm-hmm. Okay as a business owner. And so um, when you were preaching last week, I felt like the Lord was talking to me and telling me, you know, it's okay because I still have my talent. I still have my, my skill. And to take this step, I know it would be a... Um, it was what I needed to do because with the, um, it was JCPenney, mm-hmm. and with their salon, I was offered, um, I was offered full benefits as a full-time um, stylist there, and I was offered 401k plan for retirement. I knew I would be retiring within the next 10 to 12 years. And I knew with my own my own business, I wouldn't I wouldn't be prepared for retirement. Mm-hmm. And so I went on ahead and took a leap out on faith and put an ad out on Craigslist. And within a day, someone called me and bought my equipment and talked mm-hmm. to the landlord and took over the rent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so. I said, okay, this must be the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And um, I started at JCPenney's on Monday, and I absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. I love working there. I love the people. 
And the fear that I had is gone because um, everything else I needed. You know, the burden that I had before was not what I was doing as far as working in a salon. It was all the other stuff with the books and keeping up with cleaning it and all the um, the burden that came on ownership. Mm-hmm. And uh, now I get to do what I love to do, and I don't have to um, do all the hard work as far as um, owning. Uh, another the other day, however, <laughs> the devil, <laughs> I was <laughs> up getting dressed for work, and on television they had an ad. Um, it was on uh, Good Morning America, and uh, they came on and said, J.C. Penney will be closing <laughs> some of their stores. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I just started this job here and now. And then I was like, what are you doing? Why are you upset? You know, why are you? God's got this, you know. Don't worry about it. You know, and uh, so they have uh, 1,100 stores around the country, and to close 130, we're not worried because our store is a good store. But I just wanted to say thank you for your message last week because it really helped. Um, it helped calm me some of my fears, and and I I looked this morning. I was up and I was thinking, okay, Pat's gonna call me up. <laughs> Because I told him about it last week, and he said, well, I'm going to call you up for testimony because that's good. Mm-hmm. And so I was um, thinking it would be nice to have a, a scripture. And I, so I started, you know, going through the Bible, and I found um, something that kind of spoke to me. Um, it was James 2 through 6. It said, um, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whatever you face. Wherever, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should go ask God who gives gener- generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, (laughs) because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. And I thought when I read that, I was like, oh, my gosh, that's exactly what you were speaking about with Peter walking on the water. And so um, I just kind of wanted to share that with you guys, because that kind of helped me. Um, Let's give God a hand. Praise God for his grace, his grace. God, God is good. That's for sure. He's good. He knows what we all are going through. Before we even go through it, He knows. So, and I think we have many people who could give testimonies of what God has done in their life to reassure them that he's with them. Now, today, let's talk about uh, one of the important scriptures, Second uh, uh, Timothy, which I went over before, Second Timothy chapter 1, uh, verse 7, which uh, really just tells us that 
God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. Or if depending on what translation you have, he hasn't given us a spirit of timidity. And that literally means cowardice. He hasn't he has not given us a spirit of cowardice. We're supposed to have boldness. We're not supposed to be cowards. We're not supposed to be timid when he's uh, given us something to do or when he said something. And so that was a great testimony, Alicia. And thank you for uh, being bold enough and not fearful of coming up giving that testimony because many people uh, don't want to give a testimony because they want, they want to stand before people, really. So thank God for that. Now, we're going to be in one uh, chapter uh, today, and that's in Joshua. So if you turn to Joshua, chapter 1, we're going to be there. And I think everything that we need to talk about today is going to be here. Verse 1. Now, it came about after the death of Moses the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise across this Jordan, you and all these people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel, every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given to you, just as I spoke to Moses. From the wilderness in this Lebanon, Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun will be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fear you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the left or to the right, so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your ways prosperous, and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not tremble, be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now that's the scripture for today. Now let's break it down a little bit. God gave Joshua two commands. That's dealing with fear, in the area of fear. Two commands, one positive, one negative. Now let's look at it in verse 9. Have I not commanded you, then he tells them positive, be strong and courageous. Now that's important. We'll come back to that at the end. Be strong and courageous. We're supposed to be bold as a lion. He says, do not, this is the negative part, do not tremble 
another word for that is do not be afraid. Do not fear. Or be discouraged or dismayed. I don't want you to be discouraged. don't want you to be dismayed. I don't want things to bother you that you see or that you hear the circumstances. I don't want that to happen. So it's two commands. One positive, one negative. Now, why would God tell Joshua, do not tremble or be dismayed? Because that was a command. Why would he tell them to do that? That's what we want to talk about today. Now, we know that whatever he's telling Joshua is very important because Joshua is getting ready to take God's people into the promised land. He's getting ready to take Moses' place. He's getting ready to be God's spokesperson, God's leader, God's man of the hour. He's getting ready to do this thing. God never gives someone an assignment without giving them everything it takes to carry out that assignment. Never. Never. I don't care what you think you are, who you think you are, how old you think you are, uh, how weak you think you are, how strong you think you are. God gives everyone what it takes to be successful, to carry out what he has planned for them. And you think of somebody like Moses at the burning bush. Uh, He wants Moses to lead lead his people. Moses doesn't want to do that. Moses said, well, I can't talk. Never been an eloquent person. I, I, you know, I, 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 I can't do this thing. So God tells him, who made your mouth? Who made the mouth of any man? In other words, why are you telling me something that I already know? Why are you making excuses? I told you I want you to lead my people out of bondage, and you're telling me your shortcomings when I am the creator. I made your mouth. I can make you eloquent. But, of course, we know that Moses just made excuse after excuse after excuse until God got his tired. Okay, your, your brother, he's coming. Uh, we use him. We use him as your mouthpiece. But um, I'm going to still use you. Moses could have said, look here, I don't want you to use me at all because I am, you might don't know, God, I'm 80 years old. Right? How old was he? How many of you want to begin your ministry at 80? (laughs) One. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
Because that's what he was doing, wasn't it? Wasn't it? What did Caleb say? You know, Caleb, he said, man, I'm just as strong at 80 as I was at 40. Do you think God knew how old Moses was? Sure. Did it matter with God? No. Does it matter with God how old you are? Some of you who think you're so old, there's about time for me to retire. It's about time for me to stop doing this. Man, I've been doing this a long time, you know. Says who? Says your maker? Says the one who called you to do something? Or you might say, I'm too young. I'm just a teenager. I don't even like to be in the, in, in the same service with the, with the adults because you know, we want to class by ourselves. We can understand it better. Is that what David said? I'm too young. Goliath is too big. I'm just a, a little teenager. Is that what he said? No. 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 When everybody else was running, his brothers and everybody else, he said, hey, hey, let me get at him. So I can't wear all this armor you got, all this heavy stuff. I can't wear this stuff. Just all us need my strings. I don't need much. I don't need much. I don't need much. He doesn't, God doesn't care how old you are. He doesn't care about your physical limitations that you might put on yourself. Right? He can overcome anything, can he? He even doesn't care about whether you grew up with a father, mother in the house, or just because some of us didn't have the traditional home with the mother and the father, we just had a mother. And I grew up with my aunt. And some of us, you know, we grew up in a foster home. Does God care? Does he, does, does he say, well, I, I can't use you because uh, you, were, you were born in Edgecombe County across the railroad tracks. And, and if you were born in Nash County, then I could use you. And see in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, that's the, that's the divide line. The railroad tracks run through town. Edgecombe County is on one side of the track, and Nash County is on the other side of the track. Or I can't use you because, you know, you, were, well, you, you graduated from this inferior high school or college. Or you were home from school. Does God care? He can use you regardless, can't he? You say, well, I'm an Asian. I'm a Mexican. They might put me out of the country. I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm a black. Surely nobody's going to listen to me. Does God care? Can he use you? Yeah. He can use you. He can use you. So he's saying here, to Joshua, let me give you, and these are 
six reasons is found in this particular scripture. He says in verse 2, I am given this land to them, to the sons of Israel. I'm giving it to them. I want you to lead them. I'm giving them this land. And see, when, when he said that, uh, Joshua could have said, I'm giving it to them. I am giving. You know, when somebody says, I'm giving this to you, you don't have it yet. You don't have it yet. He's giving it to you. So there's some element of doubt could be there that an enemy could squeeze in. So in verse 3, he says, I have given it to you. Just as I spoke to Moses, because I told Moses, I'm giving, I'm giving this land. It's flowing with milk and honey. I'm telling you the same thing. I have given it to you. And that's different, isn't it? One was, I am giving it to you. And then the next thing he says, I have given it to you. That's different. That's different. Now, the enemy can't squeeze in any doubt here into your mind if God says, I have given this land to you. Is it, where can the enemy squeeze doubt in? He can't. Not in that. But the enemy is slick. He'll say, well, yes, he reassured you because he said he already has given it to you. But I tell you what, there are some people over there that still live there. Yes, he has given you that land, but you go over there if you want to, and you're going to find out that they are not going to give it up very easily. Yes, God gave it to you. You can go over there and say, hey, this land is mine. And they're going to say, well, take it. If you're mad enough, take it. So, Joshua, God hasn't reassured you of much at all. So then we have something else. In verse 5, God says, just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. Now, oh, okay. Because Joshua could have gone and God said, hey, God, you gave this land to me, but they might not, they might not give it to me. I can say it's mine. I can say I have I have a deed of trust right here, and they might take it and, and tear it up in my face. And so how do I know I'm going to get this land? He says, I will be with you. I will be with you. And now you say, well, now that's, that's great. That's great. But how many of you know that people say sometimes, hey, I'm with you. I'm with you. And you... Turn around and look, sir. He said he was with me. Where is he? Where is he? Yeah. You can be with somebody and still not do anything. 
You're just whooping. Just whooping. Isn't that how it was with the disciples? Yeah. He said, oh, man, I'm, hey, I'm, I'm, I'll, go, I'll, I'll die with you, man. And the girl said, hey, hey, you were with you. You one of them, hey, I don't know the man. Peter, he, I mean, Peter, he, he was supposed to be with him, but he denied him. So there's, there's three things that God already said. Now God says something else in, in the same verse. I will not fail you. And that's important. I will not fail you. Oh, you know you 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 gonna give me the land. You gave me the land. You're with me. Now you tell me, you, God Almighty, you will not fail me. That fail is like be unsuccessful. To be unsuccessful, God said, I'm not gonna be unsuccessful. I'm not gonna fail you. I am not going to fail you. And that's reassuring, isn't it? Reassuring when God says, I will not fail you. I'm not going to fail you. God can't fail. He can't fail. So if he says, I'm not going to fail you, you can be reassured. But then he takes it further. Or forsake you. So not only did he say, I will not fail you, but he said, I will not forsake you. I will not forsake you. Boy, that's, now that's exciting because people forsake people. Some people are with people for a while, but then they forsake them. You right? Come on. We have a lot of divorces in the, in, in the land of America, all over the world. And they didn't start out that way. They were together at one time. But then one of them forsook the other. And he says, I will not forsake you. I will not forsake you. That is, to me, reassuring. That's five things God has said already to let Joshua know. These are reasons why I don't want you trembling. I don't want you afraid. I don't want you to be discouraged. Because I'm giving you the land, I gave you the land, I'm telling you, I'm going to be with you, I'm not going to fail you, I'm not going to forsake you. That's five things, isn't it? Then he turns around and says in verse 9 of sixth. He says, I don't want you afraid. I don't want you discouraged. 
four, that four in, in New American Standard, is because I, the Lord, the Lord, Yahweh, the I am, the eternal, that's what I said, the eternal, that's what Yahweh is, that's what, who God is. He is the I am, isn't he? Most of who, who am I going to tell him? Send me. Tell him I am. Sent you. Not I used to be. Not I will be. I am. What do you have need of? When I give you instructions or command to do something, I'm telling you, I will not leave you, forsake you. I'm going to be with you. The eternal, the creator of all things, he says that not only am I the eternal, not only am I the great I am, but I'm your God. I'm your God. I'm not somebody else's God. I'm your God. He wasn't a Hittite's, Hittite's God. He wasn't a Canaanite's God. He was an Israelite God. He said, I am your God. Does that matter? It matters. It matters. So God is telling us today, he doesn't want us to be afraid. He doesn't want us to be discouraged about things that we see, that we hear, because he says that whatever I have asked you to do, whatever assignment I've given you, I don't want you worrying about, discouraged about what people say, what people do. What I want you to be concerned about is just carrying out these instructions and having trust in me because I'm going to be with you. I'm not going to forsake you. I'm not going to uh, be anything but everything you need because I am the great I am and I am your Elohim. I am your God. I'm your God. And he says that not only am I your God, not only am I with you now, but it says that I am with you wherever you go. Wherever you go. And that means a lot, doesn't it? He can be with you when you are over here. He can be with you when you're doing something that's really, really neat. But how about when you're doing something that's not really neat? How about when you sleep? That's not really neat. That's just sleep. You're not doing anything. Just sleep. But isn't it great to know that, that he says that I'm with you when you sleep? It is for me. Because some people die in their sleep, don't they? Some people have nightmares, don't they? I used to have nightmares when I was little. I really did. Well, I said, you didn't have no nightmare. You had fits. Because <laughs> I was telling her that my aunt, I remember, 
my, my aunt, her, her bed was over here. And if you're looking uh, from the stove, you know, right at the beds, her bed was on the right, my bed was on the left. And she would have to get a chair and put it, the four legs between me. I'll be between the four legs. So I couldn't, I couldn't roll this way, that way. I couldn't get up. Or she was sitting on the chair, on the bed. Yeah. I'm serious. I don't know what was wrong with me. I really don't. All I know, I would wake up and I'd be hollering, and she'd be sitting on a chair on me. And uh, I don't know how. I don't know how it happened. I don't know how I ever grew out of it. I don't know. Any, I don't know what was chasing me. I don't know anything. All I know, uh, it was bad. It was bad. It was bad. See, I never told y'all that, did I? Never told anybody. Because, uh, see, I, I, I didn't want you to, you know, say, oh, man, this dude. I knew something was wrong with him. <laughs> I knew something was wrong with him. Now I know. See? But, see, God said, don't fear what people think because he's with me. Yeah? He was with me when I was having fits. He was with me. Praise the God he didn't let the devil get me. Because... <laughs> Yeah, I'm serious. So I said, well, man, this is reassuring to Joshua. He's told him all this. Then I asked a question. Why did you tell him three times in this particular chapter to be strong and courageous? It's it's actually four times in the chapter. But the people told told him, uh, Joshua, to be strong and courageous uh, the fourth time in the end. I thought that was very interesting that they, the people tell him, hey, you be strong and very courageous because just like we were obedient to Moses, we're going to be obedient to you. And I'm thinking, those people are crazy. They must think Joshua's a fool because they gave Moses trouble all the way from Egypt. They did. He go up in the mountain just for the little days. They, they, he come back. They don't build a calf and said, "Hey, this is this, this is our God. We we taking we going back to we going back to Egypt. You know, we going back where they had had flesh pots and, and where we we were eating. You know, we going back to bondage for four hundred more years." Moses said, "Hey, you weird dudes. You know, and and they tell Joshua." If anybody don't obey you, we're going we're gonna to put them to death. Only be strong and courageous. I was wondering, why would they say only be strong and courageous? It takes strength, doesn't it? Any of you have teenagers, children? Oh, my goodness. It takes strength not to, not, not to you know, to do them harm sometimes. <laughs> I'm serious because they, they, they sometimes they act. Oh, my goodness, when they get to junior high age, they act like they know everything, you know, sometimes. Uh, so, 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 you know, it takes strength to lead people, doesn't it? Okay? It takes strength for, for, for God to lead me and you and all of us. It takes strength. And so God told him three times here, be strong and courageous. Why did God tell him to be strong and courageous? Because God says that, hey, look. These people, 
I'm giving you to lead, they are your people. And they're going to be hard to be led, but I want you to lead them, and it's going to take strength, it's going to take courage to do only one thing. That one thing is to obey him. That's what it's going to take care of us to do, to obey him. Because, see, people will try to get you not to obey God. Isn't that what the, isn't that what the, what the people try to get Moses to do or Joshua to do? Not to obey God. Not to obey God. God says, kill everything that breathes. Don't take anything. No gold, no silver, don't take anything. Here's Here's he, he takes something and hides it in his tent. If people are always doing something that they're not supposed to do to cause problems to the whole group. And so he says that you're going to have to be strong and very courageous. You're going to have to be strong and very courageous to obey me and be like me because if you don't be like me, what you're going to do is end up like Moses because Moses, Moses got kind of tired of the people moaning and complaining. Do I have to give you water again? Moses says, God said, speak to the rock so we can give him water again. Just speak to the rock. Do I have to give you water again? I give you water. Pam, hit the rock. Oh, my goodness gracious, Moses. Why did you do that? Why did you do that? Because you, you let your frustration with the people override what God asked you to do. It takes strength. It takes courage to be obedient to God. It does. In the midst of circumstances, in the midst of what people say, and that's what happened with Peter, isn't it? Bid me to come. Come. What happened? It takes strength and courage to ignore the circumstances, the wind, the wave, doesn't it? And still be obedient to what God told you to do. Come. It takes strength. It takes courage. Also, God doesn't tell him to be strong and courageous three times and doesn't tell him how. Because he told him in verse 7, only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do. Be careful to do. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the left or to the right so that you may have success wherever you go. Oh, you already told me you've given me the land. You already told me you gave me the land. You already told me you're going to be with me. You already told me you're not going to forsake me. You told me that, and you told me you're not going to fail me. Now you're telling me that I have to be 
obedient to do in order to have success. And that's a stipulation, isn't it? So God tells us things, but he never, ever means for us to do things that he says without being obedient to what he says. In other words, he doesn't want us to try to do it in our own strength. He doesn't want us to do it our way. He wants to do it his way. And so he's going to always tell us, how do I do this then? God, how do I do according to all the law of Moses? How do I do that? Because Moses didn't do it all. You know, Moses, he messed around, and he got a little angry there, and he didn't represent you like he should. How can I be assured I'm going to do everything so I can be successful? Because Moses, I thought he was going to lead us into the promised land. Because now you said that he's not going. I got to lead him in. How do I know that I'm going to be successful, Lord? You told me I'm going to be with you. You're going to be with me. You're not going to forsake me. You're not going to fail me. You're my God. You're the, 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 the eternal. You're going to be with me wherever I go. But then you say, I got to be obedient to you to be successful. I got to do everything. And I, I said, not the law, but I said, in his Bible. So then he tells them how. He's telling us how. Just like he told Joshua how. Let's look at verse 8. This book of the law, and let's, let's, let's say this Bible, you can say your uh, Bible app or whatever you're looking at on your electronic device, not your electronic device, but your the Bible app on it, whatever you got on it, the word of God shall not depart from your mouth. Now, back then, of course, they understood that to mean uh, because they, when they read the word, the law of Moses, they read it out loud. Even when they were by themselves, they kind of, you know, mumbled the word of God as they're reading. Uh, but for us, let me interpret that for us. Don't let this word from Genesis to Revelation, don't let it depart from out of your mouth. You say, that's the same thing. No, let me explain to you. Everything I say, everything you say, should agree with what God has said. Whatever proceeds out of your mouth should be what God has said. Jesus said, I, I, I don't do anything on my own initiative. I just, whatever I say is what the Father has given me to say. And sometimes we say things God hasn't said it. It's opposite of what the Word of God says. Come on now. God wants us to be positive doesn't he? He wants us to encourage one another daily. He wants us to pray for one another. There's a lot of one another in the Bible. He wants us to love on one another. He wants us to treat others as we want, we want to be treated. He says that, you know, this is very important. He says that I don't want this word to proceed. Don't let it depart from your mouth. 
everything you say, I want it to be what I would say to them. I don't want you substituting what you want to say about this situation or what you want to say about this person. Substitute it for what I would say. We do that sometimes, don't we? Come on. We do that sometimes. We say things that is really weird. We do. We say things. And I know I have said something sometimes that's contrary to what the Word of God says. Some, like, like it would say things, oh, man. Oh, man, if, if it could go wrong, it's going to go wrong. When it rains, it pours. You know, who's that law we put on it? Is it Mur- who? Murphy's Law. What's, what's that say? Huh? Anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Huh? Yeah. And I, honestly, I have never seen any of that in here. Have y'all, have y'all ever seen Murphy's Law in here? Have y'all ever seen it? We, 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 we say things about people. We call things that are just like they are with people. Don't we? You say, are they saved? If they save, the chickens are saved because I tell you, man, they don't act, they no more say say than a man in the moon, you know. Because they they they, they say things, they act the way they do. God has never said stuff like that. God calls those things that be not as though they were, doesn't it? He? he calls those things that be not as though they were. And, and some, some people say, I oh, know, I know, I know, I know, I know you probably heard it somewhere. By some, maybe a little bird brought it to you somewhere. Some people, somebody said, well, man. Cornerstone used to be big. Now they don't have many people in the Cornerstone. Man, this is terrible. Where'd all the people go? God has never said that to anybody. Never. I'm just to tell you the truth. He'll say, don't, don't despise small beginnings. He'll say, you know, hey, look, you know, that temple that y'all are crying about, it used to be, I'm doing a new thing. Don't be crying over the past. It's a new thing we're doing. God speaks life where there's no life. God speaks health where there's no health. I hope people don't go to the hospital. I hope y'all don't do this. I know you don't because y'all are, y'all are okay. Go there and you, and you see somebody. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Brian, call the pastor because they, 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 you better get here quick because they probably won't last. 
Y'all don't do that. Don't do that. You know, I went to see Miss Flanagan. Hey, man, she's on her last leg. You know, they got hospice, and it's just a matter of time. I said, hey, you ready to go, Miss Flanagan? No, I'm not ready to go. I'm not ready to go. I'm not ready to go nowhere. Good. I'm glad because I'm not going to send you nowhere. I'm a, we're going to pray that you get well. You want to get well? Yeah, I want to get well. Okay. Fine. Yeah. Isn't that great? That's what we ought to be speaking life where somebody else speaking death. We're speaking health to people marriage. We're speaking health to their children. We're speaking salvation over their children. Don't be speaking death over my children. Don't be speaking death over somebody else's children just because they, you know, you got somebody, you know somebody's child is not saved. Uh, so you say, well, hey, they probably, they probably never going to get saved. They, they, you, know, you might as well stop praying for them. You know, don't, don't worry about it. What? What parent going to ever stop praying for their child? You know, sometimes people don't tell you stuff because they don't know how you're going to, what you're going to talk about. Right? person told me, hey, let me pray for you. I said, I don't let anybody pray for me. I don't just let anybody pray for me. What do you believe? Right? I don't want to know what you believe because you don't be praying for me. Let me lay hands on you. Oh, don't you be putting your hands on me. No, won't no transfer of spirits. No. Let not the word depart from your mouth. So I don't want to hear anybody telling me somebody in this congregation is speaking negative stuff over the worship thing. Man, man, they're kind of old, aren't they? They're the same group. When I used to be here 20 or 30 years ago, it's the same group, man. How, how old are you, Jack? Aren't you? You you were singing a solo today, man. Your voice, oh man. How long are you gonna be up there, Jack? Huh? That's right. That's right. <laughs> I call a congregational meeting. Whoa, he's gonna tell us that he's gonna retire because he's getting old. And on his next birthday, he's going to be 70. Hey, man. Ooh, boy. Hey, he's going to, man. He's getting old. Look like he's losing weight, too. You know? What do you, what do you think? What do you think, Jim? Do you think he look like he's, I know he, he's got a class long. Maybe he's going to die. What do you think, Jim? Oh, man. I'm going to tell you. I'm not going to die. I'm not going anywhere. And I'm going to speak. And you say, well, well, you got a, a class long. You're not allowed to get up there and cough, 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 cough. Let me tell you something. I'm going to get up here and I'm going to speak the word of God. And I'm going to tell you what. God's going to honor it. Jack's going to get up there. He's going to sing. He's going to sing solo after solo. And it's not going to matter because God is anointing this team. This team can sing. I'm going to tell you. This thing was yeah, do we want young people? Yeah, absolutely. To go along with them so they can learn, the young people can learn. 
was it these these older people? Man, well they they be, they, they they got divorces season, and 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 they are trustworthy. They don't go on vacation unless they gonna leave you with enough people to be able to bring the uh, worship time. And let me tell you, some of them they will they will not go on vacation on a Friday. They'll wait till Sunday after church to go so that they can sing so that you have some instrumentation. That's what maturity will do. Young people, man, they'll be gone. Gone. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.